The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Martial arts. How do we like our martial arts? We like them in Singapore. Wow! <laughs> I never know what we're gonna get with these these song lyrics to get you ready for these preview shows. Yes, as Casey Line just said, the UFC in Singapore for a sneaky good fight night event, which will be headlined by former champion Max Holloway taking on. The Korean Zombie. A lot of talk on whether or not this will be the final fight of the incredibly fun career of the Korean Zombie. But Zombie says it all depends on how it plays out tomorrow, how the fight goes. And we're here to talk about it right now on the UFC Singapore preview show. We are live here on the MA Fighting YouTube channel. If you're listening live or watching live, we appreciate it. If you're listening or watching after the fact, we appreciate that as well. I am Mike Heck, and joining me in this adventure is... The longtime BTL panel member, Mr. No Gray Area, and my black t-shirt mafia tag team partner, Jed Mishu. Jed, how we feeling? How we smelling? How we smelling? I don't smell great right now. Um, and I'm not <laughs> sure why, because I did shower this morning. So uh, I, maybe it's just this shirt, but I can smell myself. And when you can smell yourself, you know, uh, it's not great. But you know what is great? Not this fight card. Uh, this fight card isn't terrible, but it's not great. I I think it's a one-star, Mike. I think that's where we're going to start today. I think this is just good enough to be a one-star fight card. If I was in Singapore, I think I would attend this fight card. Do, do you agree or disagree? I, I think it's slightly better than a one. I, I'm not taking a trip. I'm I'm not going out of my way to watch this fight to to go to this fight card. A one and a half? Can we do one and a half? Uh that's not how the Mashu and Star system you got <laughs> you got you gotta get all the way there or it's a one. You know what we call a one point eight in the Mashu and Star system? A one. Well, I mean look, we got a star at the top. We have a, a star probably in Singapore zombie. We got fights with divisional stakes. We got a returning fighter and we have a women's flyway fight with massive stakes. I know it's kind of buried in the early part of the main card. It's and even some of the prelims like this. It's mm. an early morning wake up, but it's pretty good. It's it, it's pretty good. It's, there are way worse fight night card. cards than this one. Yeah, well, every Apex card is almost unilaterally a zero. But like, Mike, how far would you drive to watch this car? Like how many hours would you spend in a car to go to this event? I mean, Paco Porter's on the card, so easy three, easy three and change for me. 
I, I, I'm not doing three hours. Because <laughs> you got you to factor in the drive time back, Mike. You also got to make the three. So three is six. Three is actually six. I might drive 90 minutes. Might drive 90 minutes for this. But that's just because I live in Atlanta. And anywhere I go is a 90-minute car right away. So uh, it's a one-star car. We've got the highs are very high. There's just a lot in the middle here that uh, is inconsequential. But... Look, I, th- I think the main event's great. We talked about it a little bit yesterday on BTL. I think that's getting underrated. I'm sure we're going to talk about it today. The co-main event is um, actually happening the second fight on the main card, uh, and that fight is just tremendous. The next flyweight champion uh, is is getting into action, so that's great. And then there are a couple of other things. Giga's coming back. I'm excited to see uh, Rinya Nakamura he beat a lot of really awful people on road to the UFC. Um, and, but he, he has the bones of a good fighter. So I'm excited to see him kind of start this journey and see where he comes. Like there are good stories, certainly on the main card. Prelims are pretty thin. Like the prelims are pretty, pretty thin as far as things of significance uh, go. So perfectly fine fight card. If I was in Singapore, I would definitely go. Uh, it's a one star Mashuan card. All right. Hey, listen, one star is better than no stars. And one star I is guess great. <clears throat> yeah. And, and, restaurants work their whole lives to get one star. One star is a great <laughs> fight card. Yes. And look, that the hangover of in the aftermath and the storylines coming out of UFC 292 are still kind of permeating right now. And we head to this one. We have Max Holloway in the main events, the former longtime featherweight champion taking on the Korean Zombie. A lot of talk about whether or not this would be his final fight, something that Zombie sort of put out into the ether after his loss to Alexander Volkanovsky at UFC 273 in Jacksonville of April of last year. He's finally back. We're going to do it in Singapore. Max called for this fight. Zombie was like, yeah, dude, I'll fight you anytime, anywhere. And here we are. And what's interesting about this fight is that I would say the reaction to it early was, this is sad. I don't want to see it. It was almost like people were comparing the Korean zombie to how a lot of people look at Tony Ferguson right now. And I think the more people dive into it, and we talked about this a little bit on BTL yesterday, it's kind of unfair to really do that because zombies last fight was against arguably the best fighter in the world right now. One of the best fighters that ever competed inside the octagon. And he kind of got perfect games by... Alexander Volkanovsky, who, by the way, three months later, pitched an even more perfect game, if you will, against Max Holloway. So as time has gone by, do you feel like the talk of, oh, this is sad, this fight shouldn't be happening? Do you feel like that chatter has gone away a little bit? And and what was your initial reaction to the fight compared to where it is now? So I think my like knee-jerk reaction was that, right? Because we all sort of had it like, oh, Max is still extremely good. And I thought Zombie was fading before the Volkanovski fight because he's been in the game for a really long time. And then that fight was so stark. Like that was such a one-sided beating. Honestly, one of the worst beatings we've seen in in recent memory. So that, that colors your perception, right? Um, but then I thought about it for more than a half second. I was like, actually, this is fine. Um, particularly, like I know Max just beat Arnold Allen and that's a great win. Um, I think Max looked demonstrably slower and that that the fight years are catching up to him in that fight. And so we're we're taking two guys who are past the peak of their powers and so this is a perfectly fine matchup. Uh, I mean, outside of the Volk fight, Zombie has been competitive largely um, when, when he's when he has been fighting. Dan Ige is still a very good featherweight, and he beat him not that long ago. So uh, I think this fight's going to be really good. I think this fight's going to be incredibly fun because these are two dudes who top 20 all-time action fighters. Like, it's they could easily be higher than 20. I'm just... I am I'm dead certain that if I was making a list, they would be in the top 20 and top 10 is very much in play for both of them. So I think this fight's going to be really fun. I think there's people are underestimating Zombie, maybe not in his chances to actually get a win here, but certainly in his chances to perform admirably. And something I did not think about until yesterday, and it's a hand up, I'm a moron. Um, one, the, the the media day stuff I thought was pretty salient for Max for a couple of reasons. The first is he pretty much perfectly described the thoughts I've had coming into this fight of your, you know, it's sort of nonsense that zombies being disrespected or treated this way. 
Uh, you're as good as your last fight. If if we made this matchup, it, you know, if I hadn't fought Arnold Allen and it was me coming off my most recent Volkanovski fight versus him coming off his Volkanovski fight, I think the narrative would be different here because I too got my ass kicked by Alexander Volkanovski. But just it's just the way that this game works. So I'm not underestimating him and and that. And I thought that that was really really salient and like well well said. The other thing I didn't think about even for a minute, which is very stupid of me. Um, I have no idea how Max is going to carry Hawaii with him in this. Like he, you, you saw him if you watched the videos and got choked up, like understandably so about the, the tragedy that it has and is unfolding in, in uh, Maui right now. And Max has always been, you know, very, very deeply proud of his Hawaiian heritage and representing the, the state, you know, forever. And so this clearly hit home for him, uh, and I don't know how that's going or if that will affect his performance uh, come Saturday. Like straight up, I don't know that I would do this if I were in similar circumstances. Be like, hey, uh, the state of Georgia is on fire and and hundreds of people are dying. You got to go fist fight some dude. And like I, I don't know if he's doing it because he's Max Holloway and this is just who he is. Or if he feels some sort of compulsion to carry the promotion for this fight, but to me it would be very understandable if this tragedy was like, "Hey, man, I, I got to take one off and I, I got to go back," because he has done so much good work for Hawaii, and so I, I that has been a wrinkle that I did not even think about until yesterday when he started talking about it, and it adds a layer of complexity to this fight that I previously hadn't even thought of. Yeah, that's a great point. And Max just kind of seems like the guy to me, Jed, that like he's going to have a very heavy heart heading into this. But by the time he gets into that octagon, I think the focus will still be on Hawaii and on Maui and everything going on. But I think a part of it is let's let's get their minds off it. Let's go on, just put on a war and give these people something to be positive about. And I think part of that kind of will carry over with Max as well. He's just going to go in there and maybe get his mind off of everything and and just put on a war. So I, I think this fight's going to be really fun. Like, I think it's going to be really fun. Like, I don't think Max is going in there in like straight kill mode. I think he's going in there like, let's just put on a friggin' fight and a half. And I feel like Zombie being in Singapore with the talk about whether or not this will be his final fight up in the air, I think Zombie's going to come in with a similar mentality, obviously with, with different mindsets because of what's going on with Hawaii and what, what Max is carrying emotionally towards what Zombie's going to be carrying emotionally as well. Like he hasn't said whether or not this will be his final fight, but you have to think he's going to be going in there thinking this very well could be my final fight and what better guy to do it with than Max Holloway. So the more, the closer we get to Saturday with everything involved here, I think this fight's going to be really, really fun. Like Max could win a 49-46 and kind of win it running away. But to think that Zombie's just going to get run over here and it's going to be uncomfortable, I just don't think it's going to be that way. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, And yeah, like Max could totally be having that perspective and coming in and we won't know uh, until afterwards. But like it's not even the being on fight night and thinking about Hawaii. It's the fact that this unfolded in sort of the most critical parts of pre-fight. Like, hey, you're three weeks out and you need to be really dialing in and getting everything set for this fight. And oh, by the way, uh, Hawaii is on fire and and hundreds of people are dying and thousands are missing. Uh, Like that's just gonna, like I don't know how that doesn't, just totally butcher you and i'm not a professional athlete so maybe that's that's the gap there but uh it feels like again i'm still picking max and we'll get to that and i think that max should win but i think this fight is much closer than the broader consensus is on the on what's going to happen i certainly agree it's going to be really exciting and i can you can just sort of see this unfolding like oh well yeah, Max probably should win this fight, but look at the confluence of events outside of it and what he was dealing with emotionally and mentally. And on the other side of it, what Zombie's dealing with being written off and and being semi-forced into retirement here with this fight of like, hey, you're retiring after Max clobbers you, right? And you can see how all of those narratives would lead to a story at the end where it's like, hey, 
it wasn't a young gun who upended Max Holloway. It was actually one of the old guard. Like it, it was Korean Zombie with one last great performance did did this. So I am for all the, narratively, I am fascinated in this fight at this point in time, and just on the merits. As I said, man, two of the top twenty most exciting fighters who have ever stepped like stepped into a cage. How is it not going to be extremely fun, whatever it looks like? So, uh, yeah. I'm super hyped. That's what I'm saying. It's a one-star card. This is – if I'm in Singapore, I'm absolutely going to this thing. Um, not, I'm not taking a, a plane flight to it, you know, but uh, I'm. It, it's a one-star card for sure, and a lot of that is buried in the main event and how good this fight is. Yeah. It's not like zombies fighting Ilya Taporia here. It's not like let's let's put – this dude over before I ride off into the sunset. These two are just going to have a fight and it's going to be a damn good one. And Max Holloway is a huge favorite, minus 750. Come back probably on Zombie. Max's last featherweight fight, too. You think right? so? Like, who the fuck else is he going to fight, man? Like, Al- he fought. He's going to fight Aljamain Sterling. I, I mean, maybe. Okay. Like, if that, that would be the only thing. I'm not entirely sure how much Max cares about doing that. He might do it just because he is a company man. Like, he's a soldier. But. Like if the UFC wanted to push that, but I, there's there is nothing left for him in this weight class. He's not getting back to a title, um, and he, I don't know that he even cares that much about it anyway. I think probably does, but not like in a hey, I'm really going to knuckle down and just knock off contenders until I'm undeniable. And he shouldn't like just go fight fun fights, man. Like I know he's got two losses to Poirier. I'd watch the shit out of them fight a third time or whatever. Or uh, Justin Gaethje. Like there's there are so many fun fights that can be made for him. I'm not sure why he would continue on at 145 because like Zombie's the last dude, right? Like he fought the Aldo generation. He's fought his generation. Zombie's kind of the last guy who was in that that sort of mix of those two. And now the only dudes he's gonna fight will be i mean he started to fight the next generation the arnold allen etc like if is he gonna hang around and fight mobsar evloev like that's there's just no no need and no reason so i i hope that i hope and sort of suspect that this is maybe not his final featherweight fight ever but it the last one for a hot minute you know not he will not consistently compete at 145 moving forward i don't think because you could just do a lot of fun stuff with him at 155 you know yeah, he. There are certain fighters that are beyond titles that don't need Dude. titles and title fights, and Max is right up there. When Chucky Olives gets gets bagged up by uh, <laughs> Islam in the rematch, just fire that one directly into my veins. Max Holloway, Chucky Olives two at one fifty five. Let let's go. Just make it happen. Like, do that's where I want Max to be, and I think I think that that's where he's gonna be looking to to be moving forward. Yeah, I, I would be down for that fight. Max against anybody, I'm I'm pretty much down for at this point. So, real quick, I not, think we're both not picking Volkanovski. Hall. I don't no, want to watch Volk. Volk. <laughs> it's yeah, about we don't, the only one though. Yeah, we don't need to see that one for a fourth time. I think we've, you know, we've we've gotten closure there after the third fight at International Fight Week last year, for sure. But um, last thing on this, because we're both picking Holloway. It, it, to me, it's probably going to be – it's probably going to go to the cards. I think Holloway wins like a 49-46. I think it's a, a, a very fun fight. I think when we look back at the cards and how this all plays out, I think this fight will be closer than the cards indicate. But it's hard to put yourself in the shoes of these fighters, especially at this point in their careers. Tony Ferguson is like, F all y'all who think I should retire. We've seen like Josh Thompson come out and, and get real emotional about – what it's like being in that position and feeling kind of lonely and being on an island when you feel like you can continue to do this, but everyone around you is telling you you probably shouldn't, and it's a weird place to be in. So in your heart of hearts, do you feel like tomorrow morning when we watch this fight, you're watching Zombie fight his final fight? No, probably not. Um, I don't know that I'm happy about that. I, I think that this is an excellent fight to retire on. Uh, I'm not like super fussed about it though, you know, because zombies – hold on. Let me look this up. Zombies 36. He is not that old. Now, he's got a lot of fight miles on him and a lot of wars. I mean this is like the original – Dana White's original favorite fighter or whatever, you know. Like, dude, dude has been through the ringer. But he's 36. Like he's 36 and he hasn't looked – like he's looked slow. But again, looking slow against Alexander Volkanovsky is not the worst thing in the world. Like <laughs> – 
everybody looks bad against Volkanovski. That is just how it works when you're fighting one of the best dudes ever. So uh, this fight will I his approach also I'm pretty pretty pro. Like, yeah, I'm gonna figure out how things look, you know, after I fight. I wanna get in there, I wanna see how it feels, see how I do, and that will will be determinative. And so I think that that's appropriate here. Like if he goes in there and, and does get run over by a faded Max, because that's who Max is. Max is not at his peak anymore. If he goes in and gets just absolutely mollywopped, then okay. Like maybe he should hang it up and maybe he'll take that lesson and say, yep, that's just enough for me. But if not, if he puts forth a competitive effort, fine. And if he still has, has the juice to go, my thing, and I say, I feel like I say this a lot. I don't, I'm not usually in the market of telling fighters to retire, mainly because this is the way that they make money. And, um, you know, you get to live your own life. You can you get to settle up with the consequences. Um, and as long as you're going to that with open eyes and you say, yes, it is worth this damage to pay my bills, then you are a grown-ass person and get to make that choice. I The times I do are when it's very evident and clear that somebody should retire. Tony Ferguson should retire. Like if you are losing that many fights in a row in that fashion and looking that bad, just let go. You got to let it go. Zombie is not there yet. We have put him in that box off of one fight. If it it happens against Max, I'm even willing to give him a third fight. And then if it keeps happening, yeah, then then let it go. But I'd be okay with him continuing. My issue is similar to Max. I'm not sure what he does after this fight. It's not going to make a title run. Uh, is he just going to hang around and, and be the guy that the new breed makes their makes their bones off of? What fights? You're you're the matchmaker, Mike. What fights can you see for Zombie coming off of this? You know, saying he if he wins or if he loses just with it, but has a good performance. Like who who can you match him up with that makes like a ton of sense and is viable? Calvin Cater. Yeah. yeah, Zombie Cater is pretty fun. Like that'd be a like, fun fight, but I, does that do anything for you? Really, I don't know. It's just a fun fight. I mean, Caceres and Giga are about to fight. Like that's not a bad option either of those two guys. Oh, I forgot. I also gave this one away on BTL. It's Dustin Poirier. I would also accept a Dustin Poirier rematch. It was that's fight of the too. year, wasn't it? And then it was fight I think of the it year. Was. Yeah, um, that fight ruled and and. Like, yeah, so you he can keep doing some things and I'd be fine as long as he looks reasonable tomorrow. If he looks awful, like if he looks just like a shell of himself, uh, then I hope he retires. But I think based on the way he was talking too, that it seems unlikely that he's going to exit unless he really performs terribly. Because I think he has that sort of uh, self-awareness to be like, yeah, I I just don't have it anymore. Um, Particularly the way he talked coming off the Volkanovski beatdown. But if he comes and gives a good performance, it doesn't seem like he's ready to let go unless he is forced to let go. So I don't think we're going to see that. Hey, if they want to get Leonard Garcia out of retirement to do one more of those, sign me the hell up for that. Sure. Also, yeah, wasn't that a fight of the year too? It was. It was. Then we got a freaking twister. And then, I mean, what what other magic can these two guys put together? I bet there's, uh, there's, there's the first more twister in, in the UFC was freaking Korean Zombies debut fight in the organization. So wild, what a, what a damn legend! Absolutely. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible 
eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We go, well, the co-main event, we get Anthony Smith, Ryan Spann, two. We have the return of Giga Chikadze against Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres. We got Rinya Nakamura versus Fernie Garcia. Rinya Nakamura is the biggest favorite on the card at minus 900 against Fernie Garcia. So probably That's someone's odd. getting finished in that one. We got Junior Taffa versus Pacaporta kicking off the main card. But the big one with all the stakes here. There you go. Uh, Aaron Blanchfield versus Tyler Santos. And I feel like we'll, we'll spend a little time here, Jed, which we did on BTL as well. But let me ask you this. Someone posed this question to me on Heck of a Morning. I want to get your take on this because it seems like the bigger names within the stories here with those th- three of the fights that I mentioned, Anthony Smith – you know, two fight losing streak. He's already got the win over Ryan Spann. We're not really sure where Ryan Spann is at, but I think we're looking a lot closer at Anthony Smith right now, especially after the Johnny Walker loss and what happened in the Ankalaya fight. We have Giga Chikadze, his first fight since January of last year when Calvin Cater just kind of thumped him around the octagon for 25 minutes. And then Aaron Blanchfield, who is knocking on the door of a title shot, taking on Tyler Santos, who makes her return back since fighting in, I believe, in Singapore in June of last year when she gave Valentina Shevchenko, at least before Alexa Grasso, her toughest fight at 125 to date. So of these three names, Jed, Aaron Blanchfield, Anthony Smith, and Giga Chikadze, who has the most to lose tomorrow? Anthony Smith. Um, I'm not sure that that's true. You could you could sell me on Giga just because not that long ago Giga was like, this dude is going to be a problem and he is going to fight for a title. Um, and if he loses to Alex Caceres, that's entirely out of the question for his career at this point. But Anthony Smith's job is on the line tomorrow. Um, maybe not with the UFC. They might give him another run. But see on three-fight losing streak, he's like lost three or four, two. I think. It's only two? Okay. Uh, then if he loses this, it's three fights in a row. And if he loses to Ryan Spann, it will – be the worst person he's lost to and it probably won't be pretty and that's just a death knell for him like he he has to win if he wants to continue fighting and i think even for him i'm not sure that again he's fairly self-aware i think he sort of knows that this has put up a shut up time as far as his career goes and so he's probably no longer can have realistic title aspirations the light heavyweight is always a bit of an open season there but yeah if, if he loses to ryan span his career's done so i'm I'm gonna say that he has the most to lose because it, it's everything for him functionally I, I i understand where you're coming from yeah and i think there is a case to be made for giga chikadze who i believe turns 35 today and we talk about the lower weight classes and where giga was like heading into the cater fight if he had beat calvin cater he's probably getting a title shot like he had Volkanovsky's attention. It just seemed like that was the direction here. And he got beat up pretty good. And it's been a year and a half since we've seen him since. Now he's fighting Alex Cesaris. If he loses this fight, man, like this is bad. It's 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 bad for him. Title hopes are probably out the window forever. So I would say a lot is riding on both of these fights for both Anthony Smith and Giga Chikadze. Ryan Span is we again. Is he training? Is he not? Like, I think we all sort of bought into the post Dominic Reyes speech where, you know what? Now I'm actually training. I wasn't training I before. Did. And I think he we hooked all, me. Yeah. He, <laughs> he hooked me. Right hooked me good. Right? <laughs> he hooked me good. I was like, man, this dude, world's of potential. If he's actually trying, he might be good. Hooked. I was yep. a fish. I was a fish, Mike. I got hooked. Yeah. And then Caceres just. He's been in these spots a few times, hasn't been able to come through. He's on a nice run right now. He's finally getting a, a guy with a little bit of cachet, higher ranked. Let's see if he can get over the hump here. But before he gets to the peeps and gets to the – Here's oh, the ahead. thing on here's the thing on Giga because I pulled up his resume. It does not look very good um, in hindsight right now, particularly with a, like, a win over Alex Caceres isn't doing a ton to elevate it, mind you. A loss is pretty catastrophic. I mean, joining the UFC, a, a big win streak, which is always impressive. I'm not here to downplay that. But the best names on his win streak are Cub Swanson, who very clearly was past his prime, and Edson Barbosa, who also passed his prime. Both of those are quality wins, but still, you know, it is what it is there. Yeah. Brandon Davis, split decision. Jamal Emers, I actually thought Emers won that fight. 
Erwin Rivera, Omar Morales, which was a pretty nice win at the time. Jamie Simmons was stepping in on like a few days notice, finished him in the first round. Cub Swanson, the body kick was nasty. The Edson win and then Cater kind of thumped him up. He's supposed to fight Sadiq Yusuf last year, but that fight didn't happen. So uh, big spot for Alex Caceres. Let's see if he's got a title run in him. Got to be Giga to get there and let's see if Giga can get back on track. But Aaron Blanchfield versus Tyler Santos. That was the one name that neither of us mentioned having the most to lose because guess what, Jed? She's 24. If she loses to Tyler Santos, yeah, kind of stunts this incredible run she's on, but it doesn't. She's not out of the title picture. She's got a long way to go and she's only going to get better from here. She is a minus 148 favorite against Tyler Santos, who looked really good against Valentina Shevchenko. Comes back at plus 124. This fight is great. It's the most high stakes and fascinating fight on this entire card, and that includes the main event. I just hate that this isn't the co-main event, Jed. This should be the co-main event. I, I, I get why Anthony Smith is there. He's over. He's a veteran. He's fought for a title. I get it, but this fight should be the co-main event. You're muted. <laughs> yeah, I think this fight, sorry, I think this fight should be the main event of its own thing because this is ostensibly a title eliminator. I know it may not work out that way, um, but functionally, these two women are, at least on paper, probably fighting for a title shot. And every time that's happening, that should be five rounds, in my opinion. Um, I think that that's really what it should. It certainly should be the co-main um, if, if you're going to put it on this card. But it is what it is. I'm going to make the case. I don't believe this. I'm going to make the case that Blanchard has the most to lose here. Ooh. The case to the case for it, and again, I don't believe this. I already made my statements. I think you can make the case, and the case goes like this. She loses to Tyler Santos. Her career writ large, still totally fine. Extremely young, can rebound. Right now, she has the hallmarks of all-time greatness about her. One loss in her career, a very disputed split decision to Tracy Cortez and Invicta, and since then has looked largely like a world beater. And so if she loses to Tyler Santos, then the the narratives that can build around a GOAT status, if that's something you are trying to build over the course of your career, that's that's a big black mark that comes back against you. It's not entirely definitive, like, yeah, can't do it when we – we know what Amanda Nunes ended up becoming. Shit, we know what Valentina Shevchenko has ended up becoming. You know, they they suffered losses. But if if Blanchfield can just run this weight class the same way Shevchenko did without suffering any defeats, like except for the disputed splitty early in her career, that's that that puts her in very rarefied air. And so that will sort of follow her for the rest of her career right now until such time as she does lose. But largely, yeah, I agree. She, she doesn't have much to lose here, particularly because she ain't going to lose. She's going to beat the hell out of Tyler Santos. I assume you have a bet on Aaron Blanchfield here? I do, though I will say I think that if you're not going to just give Blanchfield a title fight um, or just what you should, like she should just be the woman in waiting for the title fight. She should be sitting cage side at uh, UC Noche or whatever and be like, yeah, I got the winner. Um, but if you're not going to do that – I think this is a good matchup because this will show us something that I'm interested in seeing. Tyler Santos is a solid grappler and can f can match to some extent. I don't think fully, but is a physical presence as well. We saw Valentina simply struggle with her being a physical a, a physical athlete and a good grappler. Uh, I think Blanchfield is better in both respects, but you do look at who she has been looking so dominant against. Jessica Andrade undersized molly mccann undersized and not a physical specimen either you know miranda maverick very raw and certainly doesn't have the athletic peaks here so we're gonna get to see some of that uh, we're gonna get to see Aaron blanchfield fight somebody who can at least compete on more even grounds with with her physicality um and so that's an interesting wrinkle to this i don't think it's going to matter i think blanchfield is going to run her but I do think that this is a fight we're going to learn something about Blanchfield. She rolls over Tyler Santos, even though that's my expectation. Uh, she's the, She is the best freaking flyweight in the world with a bullet, and I do not think there's, a, there's not a question in my mind if she does what I expect she, she will do on Saturday. 
it's the most interesting fight, the most high stakes fight on this entire card. And I'm looking forward to it. Before we go to the peeps, Jed, low key banger. What's the low key fight of this card? Uh, one star card. A lot of the stars tied up into the highlights. Uh, the side dishes here are not going to blow your hair back. Um, I, I'm just going to say it because it's funny, and God knows I'll get a chuckle out of y'all. Parker Porter taking on the other Tafa brother. You know, can can he rebound from losing to a Tafa by beating a Tafa, or do the Tafas just own Parker Porter? Uh, we're going to find that out. It's so good they put it on the main card, guys. I, I let's see what I, happens. Tackle this man, actual, Parker. Tackle him. The the actual answer is Chidi and Jokowani versus oh. Mikhail Oleksiejczyk. That's the actual banger alert because Mikhail Oleksiejczyk has been a freaking terror since dropping to middleweight. A dude is throwing the kitchen sink and and the plumbing at you. And Chidi and Jokowani is usually fun. Yeah, I think. Uh, shout out to Billy Goff. He's uh he is in nothing but wars. So I think this fight with between him and Kino Shida is gonna be super fun. But yeah, it's it's Chidi and Oleg Zaychuk by a mile for Logan. It's the actual banger. banger. But I mean yeah. Parker Porter gotta get that shout out. You know, you know how we do. We have we have a standard we must maintain, Mike. We made we made like a, a reaction emoji with Parker's face on it for our Slack channel. That's that's how much we revere. Mr. Parker Porter. One let's of bring MMA in fighting's favorite fighters. Oh yeah, he's the man. Uh let's speaking of one of MMA fighting's favorite fighters, let's bring in E Casey Lyon and Mr. 3024 himself. Maybe he's wearing sleeves, maybe he's making Oh, he is wearing sleeves. All right, so our feelings are intact. <laughs> we don't have to see the guns. Uh let's take a few questions from the peeps. All right. I mean, I, I have the double. I have the double whammy going on here outside. The landscapers are early, and we're getting, and this is like okay. the entire, the entire community is getting roofs, the roofs replaced. And of course, they're like, we're gonna start yours first. We're gonna start this morning. So we got people ripping roofs down, and we got the landscapers outside. So we will, we will battle through this. Is zombie a lock for damn? They were good. This is yes. maybe the easiest question of all. <laughs> Yes, there are certain members of our staff who have berated me about why we aren't doing one yet. Um, and the answer being, we have one time done it for a fighter who wasn't retired. And I don't regret it. It was the fatal one. We did it to coincide with his final fight, uh, although now he might box or whatever. But uh, Robbie Lawler, waiting to do it on Robbie Lawler until after turned out to be the best decision I've ever made in mixed martial arts because that was a very significant part of Robbie's story at the end. So uh, when Zombie is retired, he will almost immediately get one. First ballot, damn, c contestant, can whatever yes. you call that. Is the, MMA, is the MMA fighting staff member you speak of, does his name start with a J and end in Jose Young's? Yes, it does. Okay, fair enough. Right. That's, that's exactly the same. Exactly <laughs> <the stuff. laughs> why aren't we doing a damn for Zombie in his retirement fight? Because I don't know that he's retiring, but it's a great yeah. idea. If I knew for certain that he was retiring, we might. But even then, the Robbie one was too good because we t I talked about doing the Robbie one beforehand, and I'm like, oh, let's just wait. And that was the best choice ever because the retirement fight was so significant. For those who are missing, damn, they were good. You're going to get a good one next week. Very good one, uh, either Monday or Tuesday. Yes. All right. I got actually. I have a question for you, gentlemen. <clears throat> so, say if Zombie loses tomorrow and even looks bad, he just gets gets whooped up. Um, why? What is the difference between fight? Like we talk about what was what's next for Zombie? Like he should just retire if he loses. Why can't a fire like Zombie kind of go in that that little bit of Jim Miller type of career where he, he just stays in the middle? Like why? Because Jim, you know what I mean. Like like why do we want Zombie to retire? What what? I'm more like I'm always kind of interested in this kind of how we look at fighters because like Jim Miller was never the number one, number two guy. He never had a title fight, but. We are, we're okay of him kind of just staying in the middle. Why? What's Can zombies just kind of do that and stay around for a few more years just fighting, I don't know, just action Newcomers? Fighting. Newcomers. Um, you know what I'm trying to ask? Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. So I think, there are, I think there are two parts to my answer here. Um, 
the first is rightly or wrongly, uh, I don't think Jim Miller is in the same status level as Zombie. So I think Zombie has the physical capabilities to do this. And I sort of think of this in other sports terms, like, I don't know, LeBron is going to retire soon. LeBron could play basketball until he is 50, just like coming off the bench and giving you 10 minutes on a second unit if he wanted to. Like, I mean, Vince Carter did that for a long, long time. Yeah. It was incredible. Like, I, that could happen. We largely don't expect fighters to do it. Jim Miller has done that um, to his credit. I think there's a part of that which has been been a bit forgotten but there was certainly a stretch of time when the call was for jim miller to retire he lost like four or five in a row um was getting finished and dan hooker knocked him out and like it was hey what are you like you're getting old and you're you're not going to make the run and retire and he just said no i'm going to keep working and he fell into that and that's the career path he chose and then but there was even a period of that where it's like he keeps taking on these young dudes and He's probably going to lose to some of them because that's how father time works. And then he he has just sort of plowed his like workman like just trudged his way through it and continues. And now the narrative one has that has been really substantive part of his career. If Jim Miller retires after that big series of losses, right, like he's probably not a Hall of Famer. He's he's a damn guy. He's a guy who gets a damn because he was good, but he's not going to be a Hall of Famer. Instead, he's just stayed the course took some wins, took some losses, and now he is going to go into the hall for all these other things he's accomplished. And the narrative has shifted too to now we're not asking Jim Miller to retire because we know he wants to make it to 300. We have a target set for him. If after 300, Jim Miller's just like, I'm still going to fight, I think those calls might renew. So a lot of it is narrative and the way that the story is unfolding for their careers. And I think part of it is also that Zombie is a – Zombie now is a more beloved fighter than Jim Miller was at the point where this section would have happened for him. And so it feels it feels more more pressing for us to say, hey, man, we love you. We don't want to see you, Tony Ferguson, or BJ Penn yourself here. We, we would rather not have those memories of you at the tail end of your career when instead you're right, absolutely right. Like if Zombie wants to keep fighting and just be like, hey, instead of fighting top 20 dudes – Every once in a while, you can let some guy make his bones off me. But the rest of the time, just give me a contender series yokel who I'll tune up. I He could absolutely do that for a while. Yeah. Yep. Just uh, yeah, just kind of curious how we just how fans and media we look at these guys. It's just it's, it's just uh, interesting. Oh, yeah, uh, Miller's definitely in that. And and like if you look at Miller's last, he's eight and nine in his last seventeen fights. Like he's under five hundred, and a lot of that is because he's won four of his last five now. You know what I mean? So like Jed said, there was a time where we were like, mm. there was absolutely a time he, cause I pulled it up the, after the day chaos was his fourth loss in a row. And that was absolutely out. All right. You lost four in a row. You lost three in a row. And then you just got sent to the shadow realm by Dan Hooker. Like yeah. maybe this isn't great. You know? Yeah. We also have the whole Lyme disease storyline with, um, yeah, or two for sure. It's kind of, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And rightly or wrongly, there is also another piece of this too that Jim Miller also got a little bit of mileage out of lightweight being a deeper weight class full of these sorts of figures where he could, all right, well, now he'll fight Clay Guida. And that's a fight that you don't feel that bad about. They're both old. He gets a W, comes like, all right, now he's going to fight Donald Cerrone. They're both old. You can get more mileage out of that. And I don't know that that exists. Again, going back to it, like who is there for zombie that isn't, you know that that's of a similar band of hey max holloway's a little past his prime and these are more palatable matchups for him there aren't a ton of them you could do edson barbosa like I, I, okay could work with that but there's there's not a ton of real estate there for him yeah all right uh what would a win do for tkz if he goes out there and beats max holloway jed what happens? It's going to be weird as shit, man. Um, <laughs> I was trying to think about this after BTL yesterday. So like what, what like, it, it could happen. What, what happens if he does? And it's not like some fluke Max trips and breaks his ankle or something. Um, knock on wood. We don't want that to happen. Uh, I don't know how to properly rate Zombie if he beats Max. Like 
he fits into a very easy bucket right now of all-time action fighter who was great but never world you know world class or whatever like hey this guy fought for a title twice one of those was much more deserved than the other but the other wasn't like a total gift um you know, got to challenge for a belt a couple of times, came up short, but talking about a dude who's perennially there, um, just kind of f- fell short against the best guys he ever fought. Uh, I think that it ultimately doesn't change Zombie's career arc and sort of the, the story that gets told about him when it's all said and done. It just goes down as his best win, um, which right now is – what would you say right now is Zombie's best win? Ooh. Honestly, not sure. I think Poirier makes the most sense, but you're talking about Poirier not at lightweight. That that win is aged the best, but the Poirier that Zombie fought and the Poirier we know are entirely different entities. So, like, the Frankie win is probably his best win, I guess. And Frankie was yeah, already probably passed. probably at the time. Though. Yeah, and Frankie was already past his prime then. So, like, he's got good wins, but nothing that really elevates. I think the Max win would be the standout best win of his career. And, like I said, I, I think it... I think ultimately it's not a huge – we don't think of Zombie all that differently. Um, I do think it that that could be more in, uh, a more of a max thing. That that could change our perceptions of max some uh, more so than it changes our perceptions of Zombie. Yeah. It would have been Yair had he not got knocked out. In the last I mean, yeah. That, that, I that actually was his best performance by a mile. He looked incredible in that performance and then the greatest – knockout in the history of sport i i, I kind of want to almost say the the hominic one just because of the well, i mean hominic's that, a that, fine that, choice that was nobody hominic respects coming, hominic anymore but yeah, that's yes, the problem that, hom, that was hominic coming off a at the time you know people thought it was a really great fight against jose aldo in the title fight and then his next fight was against korean zombie and to get you know smoked in seven seconds uh i don't know yeah the thing, I, I think that that's a very reasonable argument. I don't think – I think that we have like 500 people. I am not certain that half of those even know who Mark Hominick is. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. – yeah. that, that, win, that win aged poorly just because of t- how time works and Mark Hominick's not being an enduring person. Yeah. You know what was a good one too is um, the Dennis Bermudez knockout yeah. at the time was a good one. He was a yeah. big, he was a pretty sizable underdog in that. That was fight. a big, yeah. That was a, it was, I think I, that might that was a main event too at a sold out Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. Uh, I was there and uh, I was Dude, shocked that went. Look at his fucking run. Twister to start his UFC career, sub, submission of the night, knockout of the night against Mark Hominick, submission of the night against Poirier with the darts. That was also fight of the night and fight of the year in 2012. Loses to Jose Aldo in a very weird – the fight wasn't all that fun anyway, and then it was a super weird circumstance Just, there. Bounces back with the uh, obliteration of Dennis Bermudez, performance of the night. Uh, terrific fight against Yair before the incredible fight of the night against Yair before Yair kills him. Uh, and then back-to-back performance of the nights. Just, dude, the dude was throwing in heat from day one. That is why people love him. That's why they love yep. him. Yep. For sure. I, I, I've always loved Korean Zombie, especially because just on a personal, personal note, uh, I used to travel to Japan a lot with uh, King Mo. So I actually met Korean Zombie when he was back. I think it was like Korean Top Team or something. And he was in Sengoku. But he wasn't like the he wasn't like the golden boy featherweight there. He was like maybe like he was like they had a great His featherweight Sengoku division. Was not Sengoku. that fun. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what that's what always amazed me. I was like, oh, he was just kind of a mid tier featherweight in Japan, yeah. and he was a good action fighter. And I remember wa- being in the training room and watching him hit pads. I was like, well, that guy's crazy. But you know, he won't win a championship. Or, or you know, he's not gonna be. He's not a high level guy. He's just a, kind of a crazy action fighter. And the fact that I don't know what it was, or I just saw him so early in his career. The fact I would that say he, he was like became, 22 or something in that yeah. time, Casey. So, <laughs> yeah. Like he's just a, he's just a kid, and then yeah. grows up a little bit and just becomes. He had eight performance bonuses his first eight fights in the UFC. The people who do that are him, Connor, Gaethje. Like that's it. Like the the like that's the list. There might be maybe one or two other people who have done something similar, but that's insane to do that. This might be an obvious question, but if he, even if he, no, no matter what happens tomorrow night, he's a Hall of Famer, right? On his own? Uh, in the UFC's Hall in of the Fame? UFC. 
He'll get so in. So he he will get in by virtue of the Poirier fight, and he no, might I'm just on get his in. Own. Yeah, he might get in on his own because he's like Dana's. A, Dana loves him so much, so that might. If if he gets in on his own, it will be extremely unique as far as the UFC Hall of Fame goes. Basic, the UFC Hall of Fame entirely consists of champions, uh, unless they get in through the fight wing, and or you are Stefan Bonner who, or have I, is played a seminal in? role. Then Cerrone. Uh, uh, I, I, I ooh, actually, oh, Cerrone did get in because because he was the first non-champion to get in, and that was the thing other than Bonner, and it's Bonner. So. Uh, and also Cerrone has like a number of records or at the time did. Jim Miller's taking all of them. But it would be pretty unique for him to get in on his own merits. I don't necessarily think it's wrong. Um, and he has a shot at it certainly because Dana, you know, he used to rock the Korean zombie shirt. Okay. Dana loves him. So it could absolutely happen because at a very baseline level, the UFC Hall of Fame is who does Dana want to honor for whatever yeah. reason. Um, yeah. He will certainly get in for fight though. Um, I wish they inducted more than one fight a year. It's pretty dumb at this point that that like because you could also you could do a fight a year and like a knockout of the year. They are seminal and important knockouts to be honoring too. So um, he, he'll get in for the 18 Poirier fight though for sure. All right. Uh, Shit, you should get in for the twister. <laughs> if you're the first yeah. dude to do something, you should probably get honored for that. Uh, is Aaron versus Tyler a true number one contender fight, or do they wait out Manon versus Rose in Paris? Which, by the way, is next Saturday. Uh, I talked wait. about this on yeah. I talked about this on BTL. Yeah. Uh, they are most certainly going to wait um, just to see if Rose can can beat her. Because if Rose, no matter how you feel about it, if Rose wins next Saturday, she's getting the title shot. It's just this is where we're at right now. But I don't know. Do you think it matters or? Like what happens here? Like if Aaron just just if, if Aaron does what you think she's going to do, Jed, does next week even matter? Maybe. Um, I think I originally you sold me yesterday on that like that being that if Rose wins, she's going to get it, um, and that's just how they'll settle it. And I think that there's a really good reason to believe that. I'm I've come around to the idea that uh, this is just an audition. Um, and next week is an audition and whoever delivers the most sensational performance gets it uh, with the caveat that Rose maybe has a slight leg up in that she knows the the hiring manager or whatever. You know, like if Rose – if all things being equal, Rose will, will get it. But if Rose wins a tepid or middling decision and Aaron Blanchard just runs over Tyler Santos – I think the UFC is just going to see the writing on the wall and be like, "All right, let let's just move ahead and do this," um, because Aaron Blanchfield is is the future, and we should just make forward. So, I think I think both sets of women should try their hardest to leave an impression because I think that that is ultimately going to decide who gets the next crack at Grasso or Shevchenko. Okay. Take a couple more. No. Um, I know nothing about this gentleman. Maybe you guys do. Uh, what do you think about Jarno Aaron's in the early prelims? Uh, First let's fight. See. He's taking He's fighting Sung Woo Choi. Sung Choi. I don't I mean, remember his fight with William Gummy at all. I remember thinking he was supposed to win that fight, but I don't remember it at all, and I will not pretend that I did a lot of research on DeJarno Aarons. I thought he won that fight against William Gomi. I think I had a bet on him in that fight, but I could be wrong. Actually, maybe I didn't. Was that the – that was the original UFC Paris or the most recent one? That was the one. That that was the original one. Last yeah, year. I definitely was. I was definitely on Go Me because I definitely had a French parlay because me and Connor are <laughs> freaking suckers. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, he's, we'll see. I mean, what, what, I mean, I don't know what really else to say. Yeah. He's not on like a tremendous run. He's got two wins in his last five fights. Oh, I totally remember this dude now. Yeah, he hasn't um, beaten a lot of great dudes either. A lot of his yeah. opposition has been extremely weak. Um, so I, uh, interesting question. I suspect that you are, um, 
a Dutch person or you know Jarno Evans for some other reason to take an interest in him. But I got no thoughts, and I'm very sorry for that kind consumer. Is this a loser leaves town match? Uh, what did Sung Wu Choi do in his last fight? I uh, got oh, knocked out by Mike Trezano. He is on a three fight losing streak. If Sung Wu Choi loses, he is definitely out of here. Uh, they might give Jarno Aaron's another one. He's only lost one fight, you know, lost his debut in a majority decision. So probably not Lewis leaves town. But if Sung Wu Choi loses, he gone. He gone. Yeah. I mean, it's good opening fight to get the the fans in the building to watch Sung Wu Choi. At 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. Are you waking up for that? Are you going you, you to be up I for am, that one? I'm on my uh, oh, my. Oh, my, you're on. Punch, sure. I'm punching the clock at 5 a.m. There will be no people's pre-fight show tomorrow. Yeah. Apologies. I think it's pretty understandable because I mean we could do it, but there'll be like, like 66 of you watching at the yeah. moment. So. Look, Mike, if you need to call my number, I will wake up at the ass crack of dawn to talk about John Aaron's fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> we're about to. We're yeah, just about we'll to do, do some watch, research. We'll do a, we'll do a watch yeah. party on John Aaron's. I'm Jets not even go on. I say I'm not even working tomorrow, and I will. I will take that bullet because the fans they deserve it, guys. If AK was here, bleary eyed and asleep. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think of Nakamura's ceiling, or what do you think it is? Bantamweight is so deep. Jed, uh, wax poetically on Mr. Nakamura. I know you're very excited about him. So I have no idea what his ceiling is, and that's why I'm more interested in this. Um, I mean, okay, his ceiling is champion because that's just how that will go right like he is you're talking about a dude who was a world champion in wrestling um under 23 so not you know full senior level but u23 world champion think of how much i said this on no best bar this week think of how much um meaning and significance we ascribe to uh ncaa wrestlers and ncaa national champions uh those are national champions from one country who is very good at wrestling but not even necessarily the best wrestling country in the world. So why would one youth championship there not that doesn't stack up to what Nakamura has done um, in that regard? So talking about a baseline of excellence in the discipline that has produced the most champions in, in the sports history. So his ceiling is incredibly high. Um, he has not fought anyone worth anything. Basically at this point, the road to the UFC opposition was terrible. Um, uh, he has fought some okay guys in his development, but not sure, not really sure what's going on here for him. So uh, this is—he's he, really just bulldozed everybody, and so that's where I, I want to see what he looks like here. Um, he's 28, so he's a little older, but again, his ceiling is championship or at least title contention. I have no idea how close to that ceiling he is, though, and that's why I want to see him sort of get some work in in the UFC to figure this out. Yeah, this is a great spot for him. They're obviously they see something in him and they're building him up. So it's just I, I there'll be no rush with him. Even the even though he's twenty eight, he he's gonna get he, a, a he Bo, Bo Nickel. Yeah, he's gonna get the Bo Nickel. He and Bo Nickel are doing the same rise. thing. Yep. And Bo Nickel competes in a much worse weight class. So there's that. The bantamweight <laughs> part of this is is very real, um, but. I if he continues to show the the promise and development he has with his baseline skill set, it seems very likely that he is a top fifteen guy. Yeah, at the minimum. Yeah, right. if he wins this and they they go overseas again uh, to Asia for if they do the Zhang Wei Li Yan Zhanan fight, put him back on that card, give him another fight around yeah, the same. Plus yeah. Japanese man, the UFC had. Who's the last Japanese star the UFC had? Like for real? Oh, for yeah. real, for real. Like I'm trying. I'm honestly trying to they, think. I can't think of off the top of my head. Kyoji. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess as far as like, is, it, like, is it Kyoji? Yeah, <laughs> and Kyoji um, wasn't even. Kyoji was very young at the time. Yeah, it's not um, like. Like, I don't know the last time that the UFC really had like a legitimate top Japanese fighter that they could get behind and, and stand with. Renya can be that guy if he is what yeah, I mean, he if he yeah. if he reaches his potential, he can be that for them. 
Right. Yeah. Wow, I didn't yeah. realize until saying it. That's super weird that the UFC just hasn't had a significantly notable Japanese fighter in I mean, like I mean, they, a decade. Yeah, they had Kyoji, but then they just didn't want to pay I me, mean, obviously, contracts, and he's just like, yeah. oh, they just pay me more and actually fight in Japan, you know, or Bellator. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and, also, they um, had Kyoji like 10 years ago, so it's, it's yeah. just... I cannot believe there has to be somebody that I'm forgetting about. In the last, in the comments, in the last like five years, there has to be somebody. I just can't think. I hope the comments can be like, yeah, "You're I mean, an idiot," I mean, and I'll be like, "Yeah, hand up, I'm dumb," because I, I mean, cannot I, I, think of a significant just mentioning Japanese, Japanese fighter. fighters, but that's not. I wouldn't say there was like Okami. I mean, no, I'm not counting. Okami. Also, 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 Okami. Kyoji is more recent than Okami. Yeah. <laughs> Kyoji um, was like 2016, 2017. Yeah. Who am I? Oh, um, so, I mean, um, they're building up the, the, the flyweight guy. I forgot. Tatsu, uh, Tyra. Oh, Tatsu Tyra. That yeah, is Tyra, true. Tyra, um, yeah. they are working on him. So, okay. They're working on him. So that's reasonable. That's a good one. Yeah. Yep. That's a good but answer. Not, but, that, but neither of them are there yet, but they're, no, oh, they're no. yeah, they're not, not there, but yeah, no, that is a good answer at least. Yeah. So credit yeah. to whoever ever had that one. Yeah, me. Yeah. Oh, was that you? I didn't know if that was a, I didn't know if that was a comment or not. I didn't realize that was you. I was like trying to like the women's divisions. It's like no, like it's all Chinese fighters who are like on the come Rin, up Rin, there. Was it, uh, who's who's the girl that fought Leslie Smith? Uh, Rin Nakai? Was that was that her name? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's coming back. <laughs> Is she? All right. Oh uh, yeah, apparently she's on the comeback. Yeah, she. I think she she recently fought in for deep. In oh no, she's been she's been doing great in jewels. I thought you meant by coming back, she was coming back to the UFC. Oh, uh, who, knows? who knows? She like hasn't lost in forever because I'll see her on Twitter every once in a while. Be like, oh boom, but yeah, she's. Uh, last right. question. One last one. If Alex Harris wins, that will be seven of eight at featherweight. Thirty five years old will he be a threat at featherweight. He is fifteen at featherweight. Giga is number nine at featherweight. No, well, well, I feel like you know the answer to that. If you're saying he's 35 years old, will he be a threat at featherweight? No is the answer. No. It'll be a great no. win. It'll be a it'll, great win, and he's a, he's a top 10 dude, which is great. It'll be a good but, win. It'll yeah. be a top 10 dude. That's a hell of an accomplishment. If I got to be top 10 in the world at anything, uh, much less the sport that is my profession, uh, consider that a great victory. It's terrific, but... This dude ain't beating Volkanovski. This dude ain't beating Arnold Allen. This dude ain't beating Elliot Tapuria. He's just he's a great accomplishment, and that's it. Agreed. I actually serious. I, I kind of think of him as the um, the featherweight Jim Miller, and since that he's got like dude, he's going to end up being that because he just keeps fighting, man. Just keeps and going, he, and he stays right that little middle range where you don't fight guys yeah. who are going to just murder you, but you fight guys who are going to beat, you know. So yeah. you just kind of every once in a while you yeah. try and make a run towards the rankings, and then you do it, and then you get up there and you get swatted back down, and and you're like, all right, let me fight some middling guys, and maybe I'll take a, a contender series guy coming in with no no hype on him. Just stay active and busy and fight people for money. Yep. There How many fights what? does he have in the UFC? Oh, uh, six. I can't. I I, I got to do the math. Uh, Thirty. Uh, twenty-seven. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight <laughs> keeps fights. going up. Yeah, yeah twenty-eight. This will be his 29th fight. He's coming up on thirty. So, uh, and he's only thirty-five. I mean, I keeps fighting a couple of times a year. Alex Zaris is going to make a run at <laughs> at Jim Miller. <laughs> It's wild, yeah. It's just like holy crap! I just snuck out. Dude, if you can, if you can just stay in the promotion for years on end, you're gonna keep. You can, you can climb. Like if you just say yep and say yes to a lot of fights, and you win more often than you lose, or at least an, an easy enough number. And shit, he's he's top ten all time in fights already, and I never think about Caceres, ever. <laughs> never think of him. And he and he was making the most in Venom sponsorship money, I guess. Dude, this card. How, how you do it? You get you get that twelve grand from Venom every yeah. three months. And that, that that's a mortgage payment. There you go. And uh, one last quick question one last, for Jed. 
Jed, if we meet at Buffalo Wild Wings, what beer and what flavor wings? Uh, I haven't been to a B-dubs in a long time. <laughs> True story. I used to go to B-dubs to watch fights um, if I didn't feel like um, – not paying for an event and finding it and risk jeopardizing my laptop or whatever. Uh, I'd go with some buddies to B-dubs to watch fights because B-dubs always, the B-dubs in Savannah always had fights on, um, usually. So would do that. Uh, I'm not a big beer guy, honestly. I would prefer whiskey. Um, if I'm going to drink a beer, it's going to be a simple American lager. Um, you know, nothing, nothing fancy there. Uh, wings. I, I'm not a huge spice guy. I don't mind spice, but I'm not trying to be like the four alarm fire, burn my to- like burn a hole through my tongue. I, I've never understood that experience. Um, a regular, a, a regular, you know, hot wing or teriyaki wings, lemon pepper, maybe you know, any of that would be fine with me. There you go. How we know? Medium extra Mike, crispy. Are you big- uh, Mike, are you a big big beer guy? Uh, give me extra crispy if we're if we're gonna do. Oh yeah, you need, you need that, that crunch. Uh, yeah. I enjoy uh, an IPA from time to time. Well, you're an IPA guy, okay? But I'm not a huge drinker. Like I'm really not. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I drink. Yeah, I, I was drink once. A lot of water and diet. Once upon I do a drink time, diet coke. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a we, diet we, coke we, guy. When you guys visit me in. Los Angeles, I would take you to, to some wonderful Korean fried chicken places in this neighborhood. Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm down. Korean, I love it. Korean fried chicken. That's, that's the way to go. It changed my life. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm certain that I will enjoy that. AK took me to a fried chicken spot when I was up in Toronto. I'm trying to remember where, what it was. It was good. Um, it was in a mall. It was super weird. He's like, yeah, meet me in the mall. Okay. He's like, no, trust me. This place is great. It was. I mean, AK would never lie to America. All right, hit the music. We're done. We've done it. Hour plus on UFC Singapore. We, we it's a one star fight card. Yeah, it's a one star fight card. Uh, so coverage will begin 5 a.m. Eastern tomorrow morning. MAFighting.com. Stick with us. We'll give you the whole you rundown. Sure? If you want to sleep in, you want to sleep you don't in. Want to do 4:30. You don't want to do pre-fight Q and A. I will check with the powers that be. I will be ready, <laughs> I, but I, I don't it's not it. my decision to make. I don't want to do you it. You know, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. I mean, I wouldn't mind it if I can if I can be drunk doing it and I just carry on through from Friday night. Then okay. But, uh, <laughs> oh no, I'm not sure they want that. Uh, so you'll see us again on the post fight show, which will be probably around like noon Eastern, which is pretty sweet, right around lunchtime. But we got you covered at MAFighting.com. If you want to sleep in, just go to the, go to the website, click on the results page, and just watch the main card. Uh, we'll tell you who who won all the other it's fights. Actually so for really Jed, primo. you just yeah. just tune in for the main card, sleep until the main. It's great. You're in. So for Casey, for Jed, I am Mike Heck. Get some sleep, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Love y'all. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.